Welcome, everyone, to the Triangles Meditation Group webinar for September 25th, 2023. Um, if this is your first time here, I'd like to let you know a little bit about what this webinar is all about. Um, but first, let me mention that uh, we have now enabled the translatable captions on Zoom. So if you're interested in seeing captions for this webinar and translated into your preferred language, please go to the bottom of your Zoom page and look for in the bottom toolbar captions. Click on that and then choose your preferred language to see those captions translated into. So again, welcome. Um, the purpose of this webinar, if this is your first time, is to introduce people to the work of triangles who are new to it and to aid them in the forming of triangles. It's also here as a platform for people who are already members of triangles to come together each week and participate in a meditative visualization in support of the work of triangles and together to strengthen the planetary network of triangles. So how is this done? Triangles is a technique that uses a simple visualization using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. When three people form a triangle, they establish a line of light and of love and lighted communication between themselves. And by doing this, they agree to vivify this triangle and this link every day. Three people linking together as a triangle, mentally, spiritually, and in a spirit of goodwill, help to build a lighted network of triangles. And as this network is visualized and the great invocation is sounded, energies are released throughout the network and into the consciousness of humanity. And by doing this, hopefully touching all open hearts and minds that can respond to this spiritual stimulation, which then releases it into the atmosphere. So doing this technique need only take a few minutes each day and therefore can be fitted into even the busiest of schedules. So if you have been coming to the previous week's presentations, you may have been able to hear the previous talks on the great invocation that have been given during this entire month of September. We're coming to the last talk now, where we will be discussing the final and last stanza of the great invocation in the last line as well. And we have two guests tonight or today, that will be presenting their thoughts on this last stanza and last line. The first is Judith Hegedus, and Judith is a Hungarian student of the Ageless Wisdom. She has a keen interest in the role of goodwill in international relations. She's been working in education for 15 years first focusing on global student mobility and now heading a Catholic private school foundation in Austria. Second, we'll hear from Eduardo Gramaglia. He is also a longtime student of the Ageless Wisdom and the Arcane School. So before we hear them speak, we're going to do a brief visualization. So let's just take a moment to focus.
Visualize the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. Now visualize within that sphere a triangle. This is the triangle of the three primary planetary centers, Shambhala, the planetary head center, the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart, and humanity, the planetary throat center. Visualize the circulation of energies flowing in all directions around the triangle, from point to point, merging and blending the three points, filling the triangle with light. Now, superimposed upon that triangle, visualize a five-pointed star. This is the star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past and future, radiating the energy of love, wisdom. At each point of the star, the sphere of of his activity stands as an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers. Visualize the energies radiating forth from the center and through the five points of the planetary star. London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, and Tokyo. Visualize these outpouring energies enlivening small groups gathering everywhere, aiding them to focus and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems, creating right human relations, and restoring peace on earth. Sound the mantram. Radiance we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day.
Okay. So in introducing in introducing this final section of the great invocation we want to sort of look at humanity's role and see what hierarchy is asking us to do. The great invocation is a formula and the last stanza and the last line really give us that map and show us the plan. The great invocation is understood as a Aquarian invocation, an Aquarian tool for that work. And as humanity, we have a particular role to play in that work. And particularly those of us gathered today who have been trained to do occult meditation, uh, we have a further particular opportunity in service to help in the stepping down of these new Aquarian energies. If you haven't had the chance to listen to the previous three Triangles webinars, you can find recordings of them on the Lucius Trust website or on our Facebook page or YouTube channel, because you may find that it would be give you a very interesting overview and um, sort of progression of the thought that all of these um, wonderful speakers and presenters have been giving over the course of the month and sort of help you develop your own thought about the Great Invocation as well. The version of the Great Invocation that we've been discussing this month and the one in current use by the Lucius Trust in the Arcane School in all of its service activities was the last one to be given out by the Tibetan. It was given out to initiates and disciples near the conclusion of World War II to set that vision and that goal for the work of world redemption and restoration as set by hierarchy for humanity. The work of disciples, initiates, and millions of men and women of goodwill during the Great War led to the destruction of materialism's hold upon the consciousness of humanity. The work today now is of salvaging and rebuilding the shrine of human living according to that plan and under the influence of the incoming newer Aquarian energies. The first stanza of the Great Invocation focuses solely on humanity's role in the restoration of the plan. Four important ideas are communicated. The race of men, the plan of love and light, the need to seal the door where evil dwells, and the need to restore the plan on earth. Some have found that the last Stanza is controversial because it states the fact of evil and its need to be sealed by humanity. Each of these four ideas shed light on humanity's role in the plan. It was said by the Tibetan that the great invocation would rebuild the world, utilizing the energy of the seventh ray to help in the manifestation of the new civilization along hierarchical lines and in alignment with the will of God for the Aquarian age. 
This work is through the use of sound and vibration, and the great invocation is a hierarchical tool of this work. From the words, from the center which we call the race of men, we hear the first idea of humanity as a center in the life of the planet. This must be understood from the original definition of the word race as meaning a group and as how we are viewed by hierarchy. The restoration of a plan must come from the united cooperation of humanity as a center in this greater life. The second idea, let this plan of light and love work out, indicates that the plan must be manifested or worked out on the planes of matter upon earth. A plan of light is one of intelligent activity and the creation of forms to express that intelligent design according to God's will, which is love. This is a continuation of the previous evolutionary goal when the principle of intelligence was then the primary work and love was not. The third idea, that humanity must seal the door where evil dwells, indicates that there is evil and that it must be sealed. Evil can be defined as that which no longer serves or the good of the past. This offers a deep contemplation on the meaning of evil in the universe of a loving God. The door is humanity's spiritual development with the solar plexus center as the root of its material desires and must be transmuted into the selfless love of the heart center. The last idea is stated, let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. The quality of power as it applies to the plan, must be restored. Power as vision and the will as a directing force in in alignment with God's will must be used by humanity. The plan which was once known must be restored before the work of the Aquarian Age can be accomplished. From these four ideas, we are given a roadmap to the work humanity must accomplish for the Aquarian Age, that of right human relations and group consciousness to manifest the plan on Earth. Humanity as the throat center and the creative aspect of the planetary life must make it manifest. Those of us learning to work more subjectively through the Triangles Meditation Group are wielding the power of visualization as the Ajna center of the planetary life. Today, we have the opportunity to practice the triangles meditation work together as members of the planetary Ajna center and to increase the potency of our work as a united and integrated group. Let us join together now to do the triangles meditation. And then we will hear from Judith, and Eduardo, their thoughts and inspiration on this great seventh ray invocation of light and love and power for the Aquarian age. Stage one, integration as a group. Focus ourselves as a group upon the mental plane and at the center of the even armed cross of discipleship. Link in thought as a soul, as a point of love and light with all people throughout the world 
who are working with this triangles meditation group. In the center of all love, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the radiant worldwide triangles network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love, which underlies and infuses the network. Now, lift your consciousness to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Hold the group mind open and receptive to this inpouring energy of love. Precipitation. Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network from point to point and flowing out through the network into the hearts and minds of people everywhere. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness, and establishing right human relations.
the mantra of unification. The sons of men are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet, a light with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. Distribution. Sound the great invocation, silently or aloud. And as you repeat each stanza, visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, and as a channel through which light and love and divine purpose flow into human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells.
let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Okay, so all right, let's bring on our first presenter. Judith, are you there? I'm here. Thank you so much, Maya. You're welcome. Um, so Judith, Let's go ahead. We'd like to hear what you have to say about the first stanza. Thank you so much. Let me start with repeating just that, the fourth stanza and the last line. From the center, which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you so much for this opportunity to continue on the heels of the wonderful talks we've had the past three weeks. While the first three stanzas relate to light, love, and the will embodied by the first three rays, the fourth stanza is focused on humanity, as Maya already mentioned it, Humanity itself, the center, which we call the race of men. Uh, the second line of the stanza, let the plan of love and light work out, is establishing the firm anchoring of humanity to hierarchy from the point of view of humanity. When thinking about this connection, I always envision a light-filled line of love and light connecting the two hierarchy and humanity. It is affirming a demand to recognize and commit to fulfill the higher spiritual possibilities of humanity by aligning it with the hierarchy and its plan. In essence, it is calling for all of us, members of humanity, to recognize the true calling of humanity bridging those below with those above. All of us have been walking towards understanding that we really are human beings with divine destinies. Some of us already do understand it and consciously serve the plan. All others are still on the way and our mission will have been completed when the last person has redeemed themselves. To let the plan of love and light work out is taking on a very significant responsibility Although I think grammatically the line implies a certain passive approach. We're just letting something happen to us. All of us human beings share in this responsibility, but those consciously serving the plan already play a very important role. But what does letting the plan work out actually mean? It means choosing the service of the whole consistently, actually always over separatist plans and ideas, persevering spiritually in the face of challenges, and choosing the higher over the lower, becoming whole and recognizing the wholeness of our fellow human beings. Humanity's soul ray is the fourth ray of harmony through conflict. 
And I would like to speak a little bit about this in this context and also about the personality ray, the fifth ray of concrete knowledge. This provides important information for the above mentioned action of letting the plan of love and light work out. The fourth ray implies we eventually will arrive at beauty and harmony, but only through the working out of conflicts and arriving at solutions after we solve these conflicts. We will face stress tests as humanity, but we have no option but to keep working towards solving these problems if we want to stay true to our soul. I think it's very important to mention that conflicts should be seen as something to work through and solve and not somehow um, prove that humanity cannot be redeemed or it's somehow insufficient. Actually, let's love conflicts because they are a chance for us to practice our soul by solving them. Only spiritually hard one harmony is sustainable. Needless to say, we all know humanity now is facing a series of, a series of very serious crises. We can only solve these conflicts together as one humanity. The personality ray, the fifth ray, implies needing to use the power of discriminating choices, intelligently presented, to gain knowledge. This we do through living our experiences and never forgetting our divine destiny. The fourth ray of harmony through conflict is coming stronger into manifestation in a year or two, I believe in 2024. So we can expect more crises, but at the same time, stronger energies to aid us in solving them and creating harmony as a result. We just need to remember not to get stuck at conflict, which is the lower expression of the fourth ray, but focus on the higher peaceful resolution of conflict, blending together opposing dualities, intuition, creative artistry. The last line, and may it seal the door where evil dwells, is a very interesting one, since it doesn't talk about simply shutting a door, but sealing it. And it also doesn't say we need to eliminate evil. But what is actually evil? Why can't we fully extinguish it? There is planetary evil and cosmic evil, forces that we as human beings do not actually control. And I think this is what the last line of the fourth stanza is referring to. They're hiding behind the door, always. It is quite possible that we cannot really talk about evil in connection with humanity in this sense. What can be evil in connection with humanity? I think human beings can produce evil by hanging onto beliefs and ideas whose time had long passed, by being selfish and materialistic, and caring about ourselves only at the expense of others by choosing separatism over unity and oneness. When we do these things, which we can call evil with a small e, through our actions, we open the door for the planetary and cosmic evil forces. This happened in the 1930s in Germany. After the Allied forces victory in World War II in 1945, this door got closed mostly but it was left a bit ajar. And right now, evil with a small e can potentially creep back in and therefore letting other types of evil with a capital E in. We see this in the strengthening of conflicts all over the world in the past few years, but also in the rise of materialistic forces impacting our politics and economics, tearing our societies apart by stoking separatist tendencies. The truth is we need to collectively renounce materialism as humanity very soon if we want to move forward on our collective path towards redemption. The new group of world servers can work in all departments of life to swing public opinion over to the spiritual side and make this happen. I think this is already succeeding. 
At the same time, as the materialistic forces are strengthening, goodwill is also more and more visible in the world. At the core, humanity's heart is indeed sound. There's also a growing realization about the interdependence of our world demonstrated by the internet on the etheric level, for example. With the newly manifesting fourth ray energies, we will have more support to actually solve the crises we're currently in and move forward towards the first initiation of humanity if we use these energies right. The last line of the great invocation, let light and love and power restore the plan on earth, has the most important word in restore for me. Are we working towards something we already had as humanity many millennia ago? It is actually something Shambhala intended for us to begin with, for this inter interesting project called Earth. We need to restore the hierarchical plan consciously with our own redemption and lessons learned, utilizing the energies available for us and consciously following the soul making our planet sacred in the process. Thank you. Thank you, Judith. That was very interesting and illuminating. I really appreciated you bringing in the idea of the rays, the different rays and their qualities. I think it's very important. It's like a new language that we have to learn so that we can work more effectively with the energies. All right, let's bring in Eduardo next. Eduardo, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Great. Please, we're ready to hear you. Thank you, Maya and Judith, for the wonderful thoughts you shared with the group. So let us continue with our reflection of the last lines of the Great Invocation. You may have noticed that this ancient mantra does not view mankind as a multitude of separate units, but as a center of consciousness, and therefore with the mission of distributing love and light as expressions of will. These three aspects or potencies of mind, love, and will have been invoked in the first three stanzas. And in the fourth three lines, we have an indication of the anchoring of all these powers in humanity itself in the center, which we call the race of men. In some way, it is the heart of humanity, the hope of the future of this planet. It is humanity's task and immediate goal to truly express all divine qualities in time and space. At this critical moment of human history, it is humanity in whom can love be truly born, intelligence correctly function, and the will of God demonstrates its effective goodwill. The phrase which we call has interesting implications it is not our prejudiced and biased understanding of what humanity is or should be, what is here referred to, but that one consciousness with a definite role within the plan, namely humanity as the great beings, the masters see it. We call this center the human race, but from a higher perspective, we are indeed a spiritual hierarchy on the level of the soul. This plan calls mankind to the expression of the love of the soul and challenges all human beings to become centers of distribution of that light, to let the light shine. Love and light are the great revealers and underlying all the vast esoteric knowledge we have been given. There lies a simple, basic and beautiful idea that we are called to love more deeply and see to it that we can make that light shine forth in all darkened places of the earth, for in that light shall we see light. Only the golden disk of soul light reveals the light of a higher spiritual sun, as the Gayatri sings. 
It is the lesser light within that reveals the greater light. When the light of a soul combines with the light of the lower man, then that fused and blended light will enable the aspirant humanity to see and approach the gates which open up on the way of return to the Father in heaven. Then comes the final solemn demand that this plan of love and light working through mankind may seal the door where evil dwells. And just as Judith did, I also wondered why we should seal the door and imprison evil. Cannot evil be rooted out, erased once and for all? It seems clear that the evil referred to has nothing to do with the mean inclinations, the selfish instinct and the separativeness found in the hearts and minds of many human beings in incarnation today in these difficult times. This sort of evil we have to overcome and eliminate for ourselves as human beings. But then what kind of evil does the great invocation refer to? As the ancient wisdom teaches us, both light and darkness are inescapable at present. Imperfection is inherent in the nature of matter itself and constitutes an inheritance from a previous solar system. Yes, the great solar being is born and eventually dies to be reborn again. This great consciousness, the center of our system, is also treading the path to perfection under the law of cycles and karma, as everything in nature, both great and small. And this inherited imperfection lying at the root of matter is related to the fact that all, all our planes, even that level on which our own immortal spirit lives, are composed of substance of one more vast and all-including cosmic physical plane. As above, so below, isn't it? When the emphasis of humanity is turned away from material conditions, then there will be nothing those evil forces can get hold of. At this stage, once light has revealed the darkness, it will also dispel it. Nothing can prevent ultimate good and the fulfillment of a plan, but the reduction to powerlessness of the released forces of evil, which took advantage of the world situation, such as the great, the last great war, or perhaps all present widespread conditions with, which work through cruelty, murder, sadism, lying propaganda, corruption and control by invisible heads, those forces which prevent the resources of the planet to be fairly distributed and which prostitute science, medicine and laboratories to achieve selfish ends, these conditions might require the imposition of a power beyond the human. And here is the deal. For this power to be available, it must be invoked. And only the right invocation with the right group tension will meet with evocation and response. Behind invocation, there always lies a fixed intention, a profound desire to see the recognized need met and the power of will in its truly spiritual sense. It is intention which can make the great invocation truly powerful and the resulting invocative power can force these evil potencies back into their own place, being thus occultly sealed within. Through humanity, alone and unaided, except by the divine spirit in every human being, can the door where evil dwells be sealed. It is not the one initiator who seals the door. It is not the hierarchy, not the group of masters which forces evil back into the place from whence it comes. It is struggling, aspiring and suffering humanity to whom the task is committed. If we, as members of a new group of world servers, measure up to the task. And finally, another interesting idea may be found in this grand finale or closing section of the Grand Invocation. There is a plan to be implemented and this task is, as Judith also remarked, 
in the nature of a restoration. When you think of restoring, you imply that something has deviated from its original purpose and it must be brought back on track, that some original quality has to be returned, regained. This takes us again to the idea of cycles. We tend to consider human history as a straight line, but nature has given us abundant proof that ultimate achievement is inevitable, but progress proceeds through cycles of ups and downs. Any deep observer of the world as it is now can conclude that we are certainly not living in a glorious age, and we see humanity having come to a crossroads. On the other hand, myths and legends of past golden ages are to be found in almost every cosmogony of the world. If these ancient stories, as we certainly believe, hide a kernel of truth, it follows that once the masters walked freely and openly upon the earth, and the mystery schools were there to be found by anyone prepared here on the very ground we tread. The advance of darkness and egoism has caused a withdrawal. And if we, are, if we are now reciting the great invocation, we can infer that at least some of the great beings want us to invoke those glorious times back. But the rebuilding of a temple must be completed in terms of Aquarian principles. We are thus living a cycle of opportunity, and the thought about cycles brings us the idea that in order for the new things to be ushered in, some others must inevitably end. This idea of restoration indicates the keynote for the future, and that the day will come when God's primeval original idea, his initial intention, will no longer be frustrated by human selfishness, so frequently mistaken today for true freedom. The divine purpose will then, through the changed hearts and goals of humanity, be finally achieved, and the plan will then be restored on earth. Thank you. Thank you, Eduardo. Um, thank you for being willing to talk more about evil. I think sometimes people are afraid of that word or what that means. And being able to really understand something, you have to look at it and really see it for what it is. Um, all right. So now we've come to a time where we may be able to um, have some people come in who have their hand raised if you have a comment you'd like to make or a question to any of the presenters or uh, maybe somebody in the chat anybody's hand raised um judith or eduardo is there any uh, comments in the chat you'd like to read that that do you think have uh, grabbed your attention? I see one, if if I may start, Eduardo, from Ben Stock. Yes, He's of writing, um, many pray, deliver us from evil. How we seal the door where evil dwells, a game changer. Um, yes, I remember this prayer. And um, and it's, it's very interesting um, that he mentions it because I... I think it's a little different when you pray and it's different when you invoke. I think when we say we seal the door where evil dwells, I think both of us, Eduardo and I both talked about how human selfishness actually opens this door or can open this door. And when we just pray for a delivery from evil, <laughs> that is, not talking about our own responsibility of humanity. So to me, the difference is actually when we try to seal that door, we're actually actively trying not to be selfish. And, and thereby we recognize our responsibility and that to me is the difference. I think I agree with you, Judith. You know, we're living in such a 
powerful time of, you know, being able to, let's say, see the earth from outer space for the first time as a whole intact planet or these ideas that now we can hear from other people on other sides of the world instantaneously. It's creating such a powerful effect of understanding that we are one humanity and one planet and really building in that that new consciousness. I think that's what needs to happen to overcome these previous ideas of ourself. Here's another very interesting one uh, uh, in the chat. The ignorant assume that the radiant one comes to avenge himself upon darkness, but light does not even kill darkness. More accurately, darkness is confounded and destroyed by approaching the light. It is very essential to understand that darkness destroys itself when it approaches light. This the leader must keep in mind when the ignorant speak about vengeance. Yeah. Well, I, I also remembered another quote from Agni Yoga, uh, from Brotherhood, when it says that uh, the first thing that uh, light does is to reveal the darkness. It's, it is inescapable. Uh, sometimes when we think of, of the evil forces in terms of uh, our Christian background, we assume that there are forces which must be conquered And the esoteric uh, knowledge of the ancient wisdom tells us that both in a dual universe, both are inescapable, but the light first reveals the darkness and then dispels it, so, so to say. Mm. So it's, it's, it's uh, not, not seen in terms of uh, fight to death, but in terms of transcendent, of... Uh, of lift, uplifting, upliftment, so to say, so that we come to uh, a level on which uh, the evil can no longer get hold of us. That reminds me of, you know, the fact that in the meditations that we practice in the Arcane School and also many other Ageless Wisdom meditation practices really concentrate on developing the uh, the perspective of the observer and that we are not the you know temporary karma that is being worked out. We are the immortal soul and that as we identify with that, we can detach from those old ways of being and become more soulful. I wholeheartedly agree that has to do with identification, what we identify with. When we stand as the observer, we are in some way rehearsing that soul attitude. Unfortunately, we've come to the end of our time. Um, so thank you, Judith and Eduardo, for your presentations. They were very illuminating. And now um, we're going to just do a brief visualization of the network of golden triangles. So again, let's take a moment. Let's visualize this planetary network of golden triangles that we have been building. See it alight See many triangles being formed. See the light moving through all the points of all the triangles and helping to enlighten humanity and the earth.
Just before we go, I want to briefly mention that we have coming up on Thursday the full moon meditation. And that's going to be uh, in person here in New York at 6 p.m. on Thursday the 28th and also online. You can um, go to Lucius Trust website, luciustrust.org, if you want to sign up, uh, put your email in to to receive notifications and also links to that online presentation. You can also find it on our YouTube page and our Facebook page and Instagram. So thank you again for joining together and helping to strengthen the slighted network of triangles. <laughs>